All right. Welcome back to SnackCast, everybody. Hello, everyone. So today we are wrapping up our book review. Of the <laughs> I know, right? Um, the Great Cholesterol Myth by Johnny, Johnny Bowden and Stephen Sinatra. Fantastic read. Yeah. Fantastic. So yesterday you came up with the idea of put together the five greatest things we've learned taken out of the book, Mm -hmm. you know, that I guess that we're going to leave with. So I'm actually quite proud of mine in a way proud may not be the right adjective, but it was a good exercise. Maybe put it that way. Okay. So let's, let's, what's Latin for jump right in. (laughs) It's not carpe (laughs) diem. Um, All right. Why don't you start? Number one, and then we'll alternate. Probably the the biggest thing that I think I learned um, for my entire life, cholesterol has been the bad guy. And not only learning that it's actually healthy in nature, but kind of um, learning how critically healthy it is. Um, you know, that they have a, a, a chapter in the book titled cholesterol is harmless. And I, I would push way beyond that, that it's not only harmless, it is unbelievably healthy, needed. um, the needed. And the bad part of course, is once it's become damaged, oxidized, um, inflamed, what have you, um, you know, the point 25% of the brain mm-hmm. is composed of cholesterol. Yeah. And when you look back <clears throat> at things like Alzheimer's and, you know, are, are trying to reduce the number of cholesterol, you know, why do we have extreme incidences of Alzheimer's and some of these other neurological function problems that, that are starting to yeah. go on now? And, and, yeah, it helps you know, again, us not pointing back at statins, but maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a, a good looking point for science to go. There is a weird connection. Yeah. Yeah. I just grabbed a few of the things it does that no one has ever in my lifetime with working with any doctor mentioned synthesizing the bile acids, synthesizing vitamin D, hormone production, immune system function. Um yeah, so that that for me was the the number one is that not only is it not bad for you, it's nor for you. is it harmless, it's good for you. Yeah, my number one was similar, not uh, exactly uh, is is not as deep as yours. Was really total cholesterol doesn't matter. Uh, I liked the analogy of equating the number of boats yeah. in the water. That was good. Also, the one that hit me was when they said, you know, imagine the total cholesterol being like a forest. If the forest is healthy, there's no problem. If the forest is dry, you got an issue. Yeah. That was, that was a good analogy. Yep. Yeah. The, um, yeah, if it's pruned and the dead branches are dragged out and the, yeah. Right. If it's taken care of, you yeah. don't, you don't have a problem. All right. Number two, what's your number two? Um, LDL, uh, very similar maybe in, in your overall, like LDL has been made out to be the bad guy. Uh, LDL particles aren't the problem. Uh, ending up in the wrong place and getting oxidative stress and deformed is the problem. Yep. So everybody says, oh, well, good cholesterol, bad cholesterol. And they really do a great job, I think, in the book of pointing out 
there's so much more to cholesterol than what science uh, – the science is already starting to come out on it. But there's so much more to this than good and bad cholesterol. I think that that was, that was really – I agree. I kind of figured that was the case, Actually, but I didn't really understand it. I had that on my list, and, and I, I thought um, it's almost too obvious, right? And I figured you would probably – Oh, thanks. Dumb it down for no, the for the dumb guy over here. I didn't here. mean it that way. I, I figured we would. I'll leave the easy stuff to the guy who's not real deep. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I just said I knew that we would likely cover that. All right. So, what's your number two? Uh, my number two, dietary cholesterol. I remember decades ago when I was in insurance and I was heavier than I should have been. I went to the doctor and he said, "Hey, your cholesterol's high." Red flag number one. Um, you know. He wanted to put me on a statin, and I was like, can I do this myself first? Right. I remember you had that and, insight to, like, not want to take medicine. Well, I knew I was eating like crap, right? I mean, it was fairly obvious. Right. I was eating, like, country fried steak every day. And, um, Is that bad? <laughs> so, so, anyways, um, his advice was um, to quit eating cholesterol. Don't eat any more eggs. Don't. And I look back on that now, and at the time, I believed him. Right. I quit eating eggs. And what did I replace it with? Packaged crap. I would look at a bag of Lay's chips and go, oh, zero cholesterol. Right. <laughs> That's a healthy choice over eggs. And um, so anyways, that was the idea, you know, cholesterol-free foods and stuff. Um, it, in large part, as far as your HDL, LDL go, it's not driven by dietary. Um, Absolutely. Of course, poor diet can affect triglycerides, can harden the LDL particles. Of course, diet plays a role, but it's not the consumption of cholesterol in foods. Right. My number three uh, was inflammation can be good, right? You know, That's we're, a good one. We hear that inflammation is bad, 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 and... When it's bad, it's because you are in a state of – you're chronic. on a chronic yeah. state of something's wrong, right? Same thing with a fever. Everybody, you know, we, we talk about fevers and, oh, my child has a fever of 101. That's not a fever. That's a – that's they don't feel good. That's, that's their body's way of, of heating up so it can kill off the bad bacteria and the, the bad germs and it's doing its job. And, you know, here we want to – we want as humans to stop the pain and we want to stop the bad feelings and, you know, rather than going a little bit of inflammation is a good, a good thing. Yeah. Little fever is a good thing. I'm withholding commentary because you're speaking to one of my okay. um, things. So, okay. So um, you're up next. What's so your number three? Mine. So I'm going to hit statins. Um, I suspected that they were not good for you. Um, and when you look at the brain consumption of cholesterol, the hormones, the bile acids, all the other things, um, but specifically, it's the side effects of the statins. I think statins are bad because I think trying to drive down total cholesterol is is a false premise. But the side effects of what they do when you're on them from blocking your sex hormones, um, 
depleting your stores of CoQ10, uh, the memory thinking and dementia issues that they bring up in the book, um, your serotonin receptors, the, the link to cancer, um, reduced glucose tolerance. It's like the list goes on and on of the side effects. The, the cure is worse than the disease. Yeah. yeah. Hydra. You said it before. <laughs> right. Yeah. So for me, it was understanding those side effects, not just how statins can possibly not be beneficial, but the side effects of taking them are worse than the proposed uh, solution. Very good. So number four, all about insulin resistance. Um, I think that I, you know, I had a, I had, had a poor understanding of what you hear the term insulin resistance all the time and you don't have a really good grasp of what that means you had a kid with diabetes so you've had 18 years to understand what is what is insulin and what is insulin resistance um you know really that that it's okay for the blood sugar to be in a certain range and then you know it's the job of insulin to take take the blood sugar out and to take the glucose out and deposit it in the places that it needs to go. Right. And insulin resistance is that process of when, uh, you know, the places that it needs to go say we've had enough. We're, we're not taking that crap anymore. Um, it, and it's funny because insulin resistance affects primarily muscles, right? Guess what the heart is. <laughs> Heart is a muscle. The, the most metabolic. So when you, when you think about it in that perspective, yeah, I mean, it's the number one muscle, yeah. right? When you think about that, your muscles are essentially tapping out of receiving any more glucose. They're saying. We don't want it. We don't want it. Can't use it. Right. Um, you start to get a good grasp for what insulin resistance really is. Yep. That's a good one. Um. Mine, my fourth one was processed foods. I always knew they probably weren't the best for you, but I didn't really understand why. And the, um, the you remember the brown rice, white rice, um, they have different glycemic loads. Mm-hmm. But once you grind them up, they both have the same glycemic load. So the refined sugars, um, the refined carbohydrates and the seed oils and the omega sixes. So I told you I was going to circle back to the inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if y'all recall in the book, they explained the proper ratio between omega threes and sixes and threes are anti-inflammatory and sixes are inflammatory. And it's not that that's unhealthy. What's unhealthy is when we consume way too many omega sixes compared to the threes. Um, and, uh, again, picking on Lay's potato chips, I went to the website and looked at the ingredients. There's only three ingredients, Right potatoes oil salt but in parentheses there were four oils named canola sunflower soybean and i'm drawing blank on the other one but all of them omega-6 oils um so you you know kind of i connected the dots of why calorie counting may help you lose weight Mm mm-hmm but unless you're eating whole foods, it's not a healthy alternative. You're it's consuming not. a ton of omega and, and I think they alluded to that in the book is that your biometrics will actually, if you're losing weight and you're doing it in an unhealthy fashion, your biometrics will improve only slightly. And that's only a temporary condition. They yeah. will get worse again once your weight loss stops. Yeah. 
Very good. Yep. Number five for me was probably the Grand Slam. Uh, HDL to triglyceride ratio uh, seems to be the absolute best cheap and current diagnostic tool we have now to paint a picture of future insulin resistance. Meaning you can get a generic blood test and you can calculate your own HDL to triglyceride. Calculate? Do I? Calculate? Calculate. Uh, your own HDL to triglyceride ratio. You can do that right now, and that's very cheap. There's the other ones. There's the MMRs. There's what I think I said it right. MMRs. There's a, there's a few others that are more in-depth. But if you want a very cheap way of understanding, am I down the path to insulin resistance, the HDL to triglyceride ratio is it. Yep. That's a good one. Um, in fact, it's probably one I'll use the rest of my life is understanding what that ratio is yep um to your point because it's if you have a regular doctor they're checking for it every year maybe twice a year already Mm -hmm. so you can just pull out your last labs and see what your ratio is and for the viewer it was um under 2.0 is ideal if i recall 3.0 is satisfactory above three you need to start considering right um options yeah yeah so my last one, um, I listed it at the end, but not due to importance, kind of like you. I think the thing that um, I've taken away from this book, I don't, I don't even want to say the most, but um, it's made me angry. The brainwashing, the complicit doctors, the, the greed of the big pharma companies to be not just over prescribing, but uh, prescribing this drug to anyone and everyone without a second's hesitation as to what it might be doing. Um, it's, it's disheartening to the point of anger um, that the profits are all that, that matter. And I don't understand how a doctor doesn't take a second glance um, handing out these drugs. I agree. You know, I agree. So, so I'm going to surprise you. I did a sixth one. Oh, it's not really six. It's really just the stat. 65%. This is how I, you know, thought about like ending this, right? 65% of all Americans over 45 are pre-diabetic. If you think we have problems now with COVID and problems with viruses and illness and everything else, we, again, very somber and negative. We are scratching the surface of where we'll be in 20 years. Yeah. We are ill and it's all due to our food. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's- By the way, I made homemade potato chips last night. Did you? In lard. In, yeah. Beef tallow. Or, sorry. Sea yeah, salt. Tallow. Sliced them. Slice them very thin. They were a. I I could I had like three or four. The the rest of the family just. just I they are one of my favorite foods. I, I've mentioned multiple times on this that I would rather have a bag of jalapeno kettle chips than almost anything on the planet. Um, if I ever get the electric chair. It's going to be a big ribeye and about four bags of those chips. 
And that's it. That's right? it. Um, you might. You keep but, talking uh, about doctors that way. It might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. All right. So great book. We recommend highly, highly recommended. Yeah. One last look. There it is. We got it off of Amazon. Um, did the audio book as well to kind of help, you know, with the absorption. Um, but uh, questions, comments, concerns, um, hit us at snackcast at yes.fit. Stay moving. See ya. <laughs>